0: I'm Dylan Curtis, and this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Well, hi, everybody. Here we are again for another week of the I'm Wondering Podcast, and I actually did it, you know, in a normal week, two in two weeks. Hey, you know, we're getting there. Uh, so glad that you are listening today. Um, hope everyone is doing well. Uh, like I said on the last podcast, we had crazy rain here in Whitefish, Montana, uh, and it's the opposite this time I'm recording it. It's a beautiful, sunny day in the 70s, so can't complain. Um, the weather has turned very nicely, uh, and hopefully it's sort of here to stay for a while as we get out of the rainy season. Um, But yeah, I hope everyone is doing well, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening from. Um, And we're going to talk about something uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, The topic today is, I'm wondering, how free is free will? Um, You know, as I was racking my brain for what to do for the I'm Wondering podcast, naturally, something very simple like free will came to mind. Uh, And I thought to myself, sure, let's cover that. That should be simple. Um, That, of course, is sarcasm, um, because this is not a simple topic. Um, There are a lot of pieces here. Um, I did my best to cover this well. um, But I will admit that this topic is sort of, uh, not sort of, it's very difficult um, with a lot of implications. And so hopefully this is more just a starter thought starter pack for free will, um, because it is important to talk about this. So that is what we're doing today. So let's start out. uh, We're going to start out with creation itself. Uh, You know, when God made creation, it was considered good. Genesis 1 talks about that. Uh, God made a perfect creation that was purely good. Uh, Free will was part of that creation because it was the best possible good. Um, The reason for this is twofold in my view. A, if we were made without free will, it would beg the question as to why God made us in the first place. The implication would be that God made us to fill some satisfaction. Uh, He was missing, which is not true because in his triune nature, he is completely self-sufficient. He does not need humans to be holy himself, Um, even though he deeply loves us and that we were made out of his love. Um, that he shares within himself. But he does not need us. Um, He is completely um, self-sufficient. The other thing would be, B, if we are made without free will, um, the love between God and humans would be coerced, basically. It would be a forced love. Um, There would not be um, love that's free, and coerced love is no love at all. Now, I say that, and there are a lot of other things that I'll dance around that Later, with because um, it gets pretty interesting. Uh, so, what about the fall? And it gets interesting because of pre-creation versus or pre-fall versus post-fall, um, and that's sort of the the dividing line that we're having to wrestle with here. Um, so, what about the fall? As we see in Genesis three, the serpent convinced Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She, in turn, convinces Adam to also eat. Uh, the fall results. Uh, The garden full of every possibility, or not every possibility, full of every possible need a human could have is now forfeited, uh, seemingly by the free will of humans. Uh, And this is a troublesome area of free will as it relates to God's character. Uh, Why would God put the tree in the garden in the first place? Uh, If he knew we had free will um, that we might eat from it, why put it there? Um, and frankly, there's not really a clear answer to this, and there are some other things we'll need to wrestle with, Um, but I don't think it means that God's character should be called into question. Uh, My view on this is um, any relationship requires trust. Um, God trusted his creation to not eat of the tree. Um, Was that wrong of him? I don't think it was wrong of him. Um, let's, Let's look at it from a human relationship point of view. A husband and a wife make a commitment to one another. That commitment is only healthy if lived out with trust. However, either husband or wife retains free will. Uh, they could choose to act in a way that breaks trust. If a husband was to have an affair on his wife, would you blame the wife for not doing more to, quote, stop him? Uh, should she have controlled him more so it wouldn't have happened? Uh, should she have restricted his free will in some way? Uh, I think all of us would probably say, of course not. This would imply there's no trust in the first place. Um, So the best possible good in any relationship, including a marriage, is that free will, trust, and love are at the center. Um, And I think it's the same with God. It was not a mistake by God to provide us with free will, trusting us with it, and seeking to love his creation without coercion. Uh, It is purely the free will of humans that led to the fall and the situation we find ourselves in. Uh, Again, a caveat here, um, it's gonna get a little dicey later on um, how we look at that free will pre-fall versus post-fall. So how free are we? Uh, I found a helpful blog post while researching for this on a site called Credo House. Uh, It comes from a Calvinist, uh, and we'll discuss the wide range of opinions from different theological backgrounds. But he has five questions in regards to free will uh, that helps set the stage. Uh, And this is how he puts it By free will, do you mean one, that a person is not forced from the outside to make a choice, two, that a person is responsible for his or her choices, three, that a person is the active agent in a choice made, four, that a person is free to do whatever they desire? And five, that a person has the ability to choose contrary to their nature, um, which is who they are. As this author says, most would agree that a person is not forced to make a choice. Uh, They are responsible for their choices, and they are the active agent behind those choices. Uh, Question four is, in this person's opinion, completely false. I would say question four is actually true and false. It's false if you were to take that to the extreme of something like, we can do whatever we desire, including reading people's minds. Of course, we can't do that. Uh, But I would say it's true if we accept the limitations, the natural limitations of humans, um, that humans could essentially do whatever they desire. Question five is where most of the theological and biblical debate exists, um, which to restate that one again is, that a person has the ability to choose contrary to their nature uh, or who they are. So Calvin's opinion on this, um, we're going to start with the Calvinist position, since that's where we got these questions. Uh, A Calvinist would decisively say, no, a person cannot choose contrary to their nature. It is from their nature that their choices are made. Um, This view, I think, lines up with Scripture pretty well. The Apostle Paul expands on the original sin in the garden in Romans five twelve when he says, "Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. It was not our choice to be born as sinners, but that is our nature. Uh, out of that nature we make sinful choices, and it is not until we encounter the grace of God that this na- this nature within us can change." It is at this moment that the will moves from being under Adam and is now found in Christ. And so a Calvinist would say that choices, free will, are determined by the nature of the individual, whether they are under Adam or under Christ, um, that their choices are dictated um, in that way. Luther, uh, Lutherans hold a pretty similar position to Calvinists on this. Uh, Luther famously famously wrote the work on the bondage of the will. Uh, the prompting to write this work was in response to a rival at the time, Erasmus, who believed that humans were free to make their own choices as it related to God. Um, he essentially argued to a certain degree that they were neutral. Uh, in their free will um, towards God, essentially that they weren't inherently good or bad in their posture, uh, but that they could choose um, how to relate to God and how uh, whether they did good or evil towards God. Uh, And the question we're using for this discussion, Erasmus would probably say that humans make choices contrary to their nature if they so choose. Uh, So even if they are a sinner, they could make a choice contrary to that. Um, Thus, it was a person's choice that made up their nature. So it's the opposite of what Calvin and Luther thought. Um, Arminians fall along these lines, um, that they believe that humans' uh, free will means you can make choices contrary to your nature. Um, And we'll talk about Arminians in a little bit. Um, Luther, of course, disagreed with Erasmus and gave his response in the work on the bondage of the will. Uh, Luther, like Calvin, believed in original sin and that it completely blinded humanity to the reality of God. Uh, That not only meant a human's will was bound to sin, they were set against God uh, inherently as his enemy. Uh, The Apostle Paul made this point in Romans 5.10 when he said, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Um, This remains the case until someone is redeemed through the saving grace of Christ. They are enemies of God until they are saved by God's grace. Um, They cannot choose otherwise. Their nature would force them to not choose otherwise. Um, And it's only after that grace um, that the nature of the individual can change and lead to choices that would reflect this new nature. But again, the will is driven by the nature of the person, not by the choices they make. Um, The choices they make come from the nature of who they are rather than um, the choices they make being the thing that shapes the nature of who they are. Uh, If that's a tongue twister for you, sorry. Um, So both in Lutheranism and Calvinism, free will is limited uh, to the nature of the person. Uh, any sense of complete free will is just an illusion um, that is not reality. A person can't make decisions that are contrary to their nature uh, until the nature itself completely changes, which again they would argue is by the grace of God. Um, and I would tend to agree with the Calvinist and Lutheran position on this. Um, so free will is only as free as the nature of the individual allows, if you will, um, which again is determined. Not by ourselves, but either by the sin we are held captive to or by the grace that we've been freed by. Now, this, of course, opens a door, and I'm not ignorant to that. This opens a door to a pretty tricky question, uh, which is what was the pre fall nature of Adam and Eve? Um, Sort of like I said earlier, of course, I emphasized that they had free will. uh, But as I was researching this and working through it, I went, well, How does this all actually work out? Um, What was the nature of Adam and Eve pre-fall? If God created all things good, calling humans very good, then how could they have been led to eat from the fruit? How could they have been led, if their nature was not sinful, to do a sinful thing? How was the serpent able to influence them into doing such a thing? Uh, I don't know how to clearly answer those thoughts. Um, It's also, I think, the hardest uh, question for uh, the Lutheranist Calvin position on free will to answer, because um, that's extremely, there's a lot of implications to how you answer that. Um, so I don't know how to clearly answer um, those questions beyond maybe saying that Adam and Eve and nature were primarily innocent. Um, this was pre-fall, so it wasn't uh, like it is post-fall, right, where sin has completely entered the world and especially has now um, all all people um, from the time of Adam onward are born as sinners, um, and that's our nature, um, whereas that's not the case pre-fall. Uh, I would say pre-fall, Adam and Eve's nature was primarily innocent. Um, so in that sense, um, yeah, it's just a, it's just tricky as I'm I'm I wrote this down and I'm still working it out in my head. Um but let me back up a little bit, okay? So even though sin was not in the nature of humans at this time, um sin did exist prior to humanity because of the fallen angels and primarily Satan himself. Uh Isaiah and Ezekiel both mention this event. Uh as best any of us can tell, um this happened pre-humans where Satan tried to basically usurp God himself and take the throne and thus was thrown um, from the heavens. Um, so in a sense, sin is there. Sin already exists. Satan is the one who um, I think is the representation of that um, in a lot of ways and is the one who loves to use it uh, for his own gain. Um, so sin existed. Um, it just wasn't in the nature of humans yet. So we might be Conclude then the best answer I can give to these questions is that the eating of the fruit was less about there being a sinful nature within Adam and Eve and more about a corruption of innocence by the serpent. Uh, and I find my own answer a bit dissatisfying um, and sort of count this as mysterious to a certain extent. Um, and it, again, it's also the biggest challenge for the Calvinist Lutheran view on free will. Um, because there's a lot of implications there, um, especially since the nature, they would be, if you were to say they were purely good and there was no sin within them, their nature, they would be acting contrary to their nature, which is something that Lutherans and Calvin, Calvinists would tend to reject. So I'm trying to be fair. We just got to gotta make sure we always get, you know, all the positions out there so we can have a good conversation. So let's talk about those Arminians. Uh, When it comes to free will, you essentially have, of course, the Calvinist-Lutheran view and the Arminian view. I'm sure there are blends of all positions out there, um, but it tends to exclusively be these two different views. Uh, Arminians would argue against uh, our nature determining our actions. Uh, They would say that humans can indeed make choices contrary to our nature. Uh, This means we may be under the influence of sin, but by our own choices we would be able to come to God and be rescued from our sin. Now, an Arminian would not say this means uh, they deserve the credit for grace that they receive. Um, They still believe in grace alone from God, so it's not a matter of, I'm the one who chose to accept Jesus, even though I think that language and thinking is out there. Um, Arminians, where that strain of thought probably originated, is actually not very Arminian um they very much emphasize that it is grace alone god gets all the credit um it is not about me in any way um and that thinking also was heretical right where um i say right like you've heard this before but there was pelagius Um, and other Catholics, Erasmus fell under this, who thought basically by their own works they could be saved, Um, and it was them, uh, and that was rejected soundly. That's very in the, I mean, we could go through a lot of Bible verses, um, but I think the Arminian way of thinking kind of got twisted together with that at times, Um, but true Arminians would not say that um, it is by themselves, uh, or it's to their credit, um, but it is it is still purely grace alone, you know, faith alone from God. Um, so I want to be fair to Arminians and represent that well. Uh, and if I didn't, any Arminians listening, let me know. Um, so, and Arminians would also say that our choices have a great deal of impact on our nature, again that we can act contrary to our nature um, rather than our nature determining all of our choices. Whew. Okay. Well, if you're sufficiently confused, so am I. Uh, Yeah. So why does this conversation matter? Uh, I'll admit that I don't know the Arminian position as well as the Lutheran and Calvinist position, Um, but it does matter uh, because behind the conversation of free will is always uh, God's sovereignty. Um, that's We have to talk about God's sovereignty when we talk about free will. And ultimately, that also leads to being a conversation about salvation. Um, we don't discuss, discuss free will for, for, for the sake of free will. We discuss free will because it begs the question on how any of us uh, become saved. Salvation and free will go hand in hand uh, when we talk about this. Uh, you can't discuss one without the other. Um, so for the Calvinist position, uh, they are pretty much deterministic, uh, which means that God has ordained all events and is the one behind everything uh, no matter what happens God was the one who orchestrated it to be that way uh, free will is of course like we've said determined by our nature and God has determined what our what our nature will be um, that is the the Calvinist position it is um, to a large extent, uh, pretty much deterministic or all on God. Um, God preordained everything and, and how it came to be. Although they would say that humans still have choice in a lot of things um, or they're responsible for their choices, but not that they, again, it comes down to the idea of nature um, and God's the one who determines that. So still kind of a hard position to get my mind around. Um, Lutherans, on the other hand, Uh, Lutherans would break from Calvinists when it comes to this discussion. Um, They would agree on the human nature side of it, being we can't act contrary to our human nature, but they would break on um, sort of the deterministic, um, because Lutherans, we tend to emphasize the foreknowledge of God, uh, meaning God knows all possibilities and acts sovereignly within that. Um, essentially, he knows who will be elected for salvation, but he's not the one who's determining determining all of it, um, if that makes sense. He knows, but he's not the one saying yea or nay, essentially. Um, humans maintain limited free will, at best, and are at the mercy of their nature, sinner, or saved— um, and again, this is sort of a hard one to, to work through and explain, so I apologize if that's confusing, um, but that's, that's, that's what you're getting today, all right? That's what you're getting. Uh, and then you have Arminians, who actually do have a high view on God's sovereignty, um, but they reject the idea that God has determined who will be saved. They reject uh, a lot of the deterministic views of Calvinists. Um, Instead, they believe that humans can act contrary to their nature and come to God regardless of their sinfulness. God's grace is available at all times to all people. They simply need to choose to accept it. Um, But again, God gets all the credit. Um, And moreover, individuals can reject the grace of God if they so choose. Um, Calvinists believe what's called irresistible grace. So um, if grace was to um, encounter the sinner, um, Calvinists would say, there's no way to resist it. Uh, God has determined that you would receive this grace. Um, so in that sense, they, um Arminians believe you could reject that. Um, so that's another distinction because of free will. All right. So how free is free will? Uh, you tell me, because <laughs> I think that is, it's hard to say. Um, it's a pretty loaded question. A lot of different views. Um, I didn't even get into all the scriptures uh, each position uses to make their point, um, and there are scriptures for each position. Um, I also don't know that I adequately covered the topic. Uh, I kind of thought of the topic and then got a lot deeper into this than I expected, and, and as a result, uh, it's a bit jumbled, so I apologize for that. Uh, I also, you know, hope that this is food for thought, like always, um, but I, if you can tell from just my voice, I'm struggling a lot with wading through this one, so um, yeah, it's it's a starting point, um, you know, but who knows? Was I destined to cover this, or did I freely choose to do so? There you go. There's your ultimate free will question for this podcast episode, uh, and I'll just say this about all of it. May God have mercy on us all, because that's how I feel finishing up this episode. Um, But I'll leave you with an I'm wondering. I'm wondering, what are your favorite dishes at a barbecue? What do you like to eat at a barbecue? What kind of side dishes do you like? What kind of main dishes do you like? You Just let me know. I would love to hear what you enjoy. Uh, and you can, of course, reach out to me and tell me about that uh, at I'mWonderingPodcast at gmail.com. You can email me if you have one of my private emails. You can email me if you have my work email. You know, if you, you know, just get a hold of me uh, and let me know. I would love to steal your recipes and enjoy it at my next barbecue. Uh, I'm just kidding, of course. Um, but I would be responsible for that choice. So there you go. Um, But yeah, that is it for now. Uh, I'm Dylan, and this is the I'm Wondering Podcast.